What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. Yeah, I just finished watching The Red Wedding. Yeah, I remember when I found out I heard about that episode first and then didn't know when it was coming up when I watched it later and saw it and I was like, holy shit. Damn, so somebody spoiler alerted you? Well, I asked about it because I wasn't really a big fan of the show at the time. Oh, so you were a late arrival. Because I watched the first two seasons, Mm. like when they came out with my roommates and stuff in college, but I was always really bored, that's how I'm going to put it, and uh, tired, (laughs) and would just fall asleep. And then I'd wake up, and the next episode would be on, and I'd be like, what is going on? And then that happened for two seasons, and then I just didn't watch. And then when I moved to Key West, my roommates watched, and I was a closing manager. I wouldn't get home till like 2 or 3 in the morning, and they'd sit there, and they'd wait for me to get home when the show would come on to watch it with me, and I couldn't say no then. Like, you just waited six hours for me to get home to watch the show? That's <laughs> that's dedication. Well, first of all, they weren't real thronies, and second of all, you were smoking way too much weed in college. So... <laughs> Those are the two things I, I gleaned. Bored, man. Like. Those are two things I gleaned from that. He was bored. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I got introduced to Thrones from a roommate of mine, too, a white dude named Hunter. It was fun. He put me on that Thrones, and I fell right in. Um, Game of Thrones is a very, very dangerous show to binge watch, though. Hell because yeah. if you binge watch Game of Thrones, you're going to have some violent dreams, nightmares, night terrors, I call them. It gets real, real vicious in there. My head is like, you know, a swirling tsunami of just blood, violence, and rage right now. For the next week, because I got four more days. Yeah, I binged it last month uh, after my surgery. Like, I was watching a little bit, went out to L.A., came back, had to have surgery, and then couldn't do any, like, physical stuff. So, just watched for, like, three weeks, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little too much, man. I mean, I've been on it for... The last six days, HBO is running a marathon, a season a day, from 1 p.m. to about 10 p.m. They're showing every single episode from each season. And it's getting, you know, a little, cutting a little close because now I'm still in season three and it's, you know, Thursday. So yeah. I'm going to have to double up on Saturday, but it's all good. But this is you rewatching, correct? Rewatching. This is kind of my re-rewatching, actually, because okay, okay. I always watch every episode twice. Yeah. So I've seen every episode twice anyway. So when I just rewatched, some of it was my first time seeing it. Like, because I had seen one and two, obviously. Mm-hmm. Then I saw six and seven. And then I would seen some episodes in between sprinkled in. So it was my first time really seeing all of three, four, and five. I don't know if I can fully respect you as a fan. You skipped over three whole seasons 
I told you it wasn't my choice to watch the show. I understand, but God, by the time you chose to watch all of six and seven, why didn't you say, all right, right now I need to immediately go back and recap what I missed? Because at the time, I lived in Key West. When six came out, Key West doesn't have internet. Dude, Key West has internet, but when it's nice outside every day, why am I going to want to sit inside and watch Game of Thrones? But you were watching six and seven, though. No, but that was as they came out, like at night when I get home from work at three in the morning. Yeah, if, if they're going to have it on the on the wall because we had a projector, why not? Got it. Got but it. But during well, the day, I'm not going. I don't really want to sit there and watch Game of Thrones when I could be out kayaking. In the uh, in the Gulf with little fishy swimming around. Understood, understood. So everybody around you had already seen the other ones. They were putting on the new ones as they came on. Yeah. And you were just like, well, I'll just watch what you guys are watching. This shit is good. Well, I didn't. But choose, I'm not gonna. I didn't choose to watch. They kind of. I'm gonna say they forced it on me, even though they willing. They waited for me. I could have said no, but that to me, I was like, I don't want to be a dickhead. You could have watched it at at nine when it came out, but you waited for me to to get home at two. Like, I'm not going to be a dickhead and say, no, nah, I'm not watching that shit. Okay, okay. <laughs> Enough about your poor choices in television. Whatever you were watching, so Game of Thrones. don't question my fandom, bro. Game of Thrones has been the shit for quite some time. I was kind of a late introductory. I mean, I don't think I started watching until, like, season three was already out. But in any case, it's really, really good. And now season eight is upon us. Dude. Who is going to rule the throne? And don't be bringing up these outside theories right, and right. bullshit and interviews no. and books that I'm you've been reading. I'm say... I think Jon Snow ends up on the throne. Okay, what tells you that based on what we've seen from the show as source material? He's just, I don't know, just like the whole show is about him. If okay. you think about it, like having watched the this, this series up until now and then now re-watching it, can't you see how most of it is pointed at between him and really like the Night King who's been lately introduced and then the Lannisters? That's The three main are those three. Definitely, especially this last season. It seemed like it was all circled around John. Ever since he came back from the dead, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones at this point, <laughs> fuck off. I mean, we're just going to talk a lot about Thrones. We're geeking out right now over a little bit of Thrones. Dude, I could talk about it for hours. That's the thing. It's fine. We're going to do a nice 10, 15 minutes, and then, you know, you can switch over to the next segment. But this is Thrones time. And, yeah, John, everything over the last two seasons has indicated John is going to rule the Seven Kingdoms. But, but... Because of the logic in my mind and what I think of the general theme of Game of Thrones just being about the bad guy always overcoming the good, ultimately, the Night King should win. I mean, he's got the most power. He's got a dragon now. So this motherfucker can fly to the islands. He can go over water. I mean, he's got control over everything. So what tells me that he isn't just going to, you know, say, fuck off, John? Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Number one, the... The White Walkers, like, all the Whites die if the White Walker who created them dies. All right, now, there we go. There, you're getting way too into the weeds. The Whites and the White Walkers. Nothing in the show separates the two, so tell me the difference since you brought it up. I think it's from the books. Since you've brought it up, explain the difference. The Whites are the just the undead, like... The regular undead. The White Walkers are the dude with the the dudes with like the blue skin who ride the horses like his council. You know what I'm saying? Okay. How does one become a White Walker? I think it's remember how they were sacrificing babies, like Craster sacrificing babies or whatever. I think it's the babies that the Night King like just turns into the into them, and then all the undead are the people who have died and that he brings back. Okay. Now because I'm a Game of Thrones nerd too. I'm aware of the Craster theory that his true blood sons 
are what gets turned into the white walkers. I didn't know there was a difference between whites and white walkers until Jake pointed it out. But in any case, yes, the white walkers are what the night King are true blood, whatever original zombies. But I first, I just have a feeling that the night King is like a step above them. Well, yeah, he created them, but yeah, yeah. but, uh, I, so like when that guy dies, all his little, you know, regular zombies, whites die. Yeah. So like you take out the Night King, which obviously isn't gonna be easy. Yeah. Everyone of them dies. One thing I will say, Samuel Tarly killed one of these things. All right. So that tells me, I mean, it's not that hard to take these fuckers out. All you need is some dragon glass and a little bit of balls. To be fair. Yeah. To be fair though, like the thing was trying to take the baby. Doesn't matter. And he just stabbed it in the back. Doesn't matter. They die from the dragon glass. Like, doesn't matter. So that anybody can kill a White Walker. Well, no, because there's really not that much dragon glass. There's a shit ton of it at uh, wherever Daenerys Targaryen's staying, and she's got two dragons that can make it. Well, they don't make dragon glass, but like you make it. You they're mining it. They mine it, but but you can make it. You make blow wep- fire and make weapons out of it, obviously. But like, well, how's glass made? You burn fire and you blow it. But no, it's in the mountain. Remember, because that's exactly. what season seven is. Is they're mining it, but. Uh, I think Samuel Tarley is alive at the end, though. I think, I well, think it's him like telling the story. He's going to be a maester, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what makes the most sense. That's what that, I think everybody is going to survive at the end. So, I don't think a lot of people survive. I think well, everybody in terms of like a human being is going to win. Oh yeah, you know. I, just, I, I, I it's interesting. There's so many things I want to know, but like we're about to find out, you know, over the next six weeks. Man, we're going to find out. And I, I consider being one of those people who's going to be, no, I'm going to go ahead and just let it build up a few episodes. But no, I know too many of you people are pieces dude, of shit out here. Yeah. And dude, you're going to spoil it for me. Bro, you know that night, as soon as it's on, it's going to get spoiled. Like, Especially now that I'm doing the podcast and people like DM me shit. Yeah. It's at bad. Work, at work, uh, we have like a little like round table about it. And uh, we had to implement a rule, like 24-hour rule. Like, because it, since it's night, since it comes on at night and we have to be up early for like, it worked like some people have to go in at nighttime so they can't really watch so we put a 24-hour rule like can't talk about it for a day hey your office is better than most that's only like the handful of us it was like five of us that agreed to it your office is better than most and another thing about game of thrones how much of that stuff is based on actual shit that went down in the 1400s like how much of that stuff did george rr R. martin look into and say oh this is real historical fact or the producers from hbo because one know. thing out the betting ceremony every single wedding has a betting ceremony if that was a real thing what kind of gay misogynistic bullshit was that when they just picked the, the woman up and said, oh we don't know if it's consummated unless we pick her up and take her to the bed and watch y'all do it for a little bit. <laughs> That's weird. That's like some frat shit. That's you gotta think it's it's a whole different like universe type shit. But that's like, what makes me think the shit was real because they kind of do some of that now with voyeurism, like you know, sex tapes and wanting to see people fuck. Like that's kind of some build up or some carryover from that maybe. And then fraternities do a lot of that kind of gay shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just curious how much of this did he look back at historical fact, and I haven't read the books. Either of I, I'm about to start reading them after I, I'm reading something else uh, that a buddy suggested, but I'm about to read it. I'm about to start the first one, but there's so many things like this show is crazy. I, there's so many scenes 
that are vivid in my head that I probably won't forget. Like, if anyone ever is like, oh, hey, Game of Thrones, like, these are going to be the scenes by my head. Is when, like, do you have any of those? Well, I think of the times that Sansa could have gotten away. When people ask me, why don't you like Sansa? Why are you such a hater oh, of Sansa? I don't like her either, so. I mean, she's one of the most frustrating characters on the show. I'm not going to say I don't like her because she's a fictional character on the television show. I'm sure she's a great woman, but. Oh, I'm not talking about the actress. Well, the character on the show pisses me off. I'm not. I'm saying I don't want to say she makes me mad either. Because I'm sure if I met Sans in real life, she'd be a lovely lady. <laughs> but it's frustrating watching her because I know for a fact she could have gotten out of a lot of situations by following the Hound, for example, in season two when he offered her a hand and said, "Listen, everyone is a killer. Your son's gonna be killers. Your daddy was a killer. Your brother's a killer. You better get used to looking at him." Or, or when Brienne saw her at the at the table and was like, "Yo." Lady Sansa, I'm da da da. You should come with me. She didn't listen. Why are you with Baelish? You cooling with Baelish? Look at this dude. He looks like a snake made yeah. into a human being. He looks like a snake turned into a human. But I mean, like, if, if you were just, like, having a random conversation with somebody and they said, like, Game of Thrones, like, aren't there scenes that you just see? Well, like, the first thing that of? comes to mind is the Red Wedding. Yeah, like that. When the mountain fights Oberyn. Ugh. Yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet. In my recap, I might have to fast forward through that one. I fast forward through a lot of the Bolton and Ramsey shit. Oh, dude, that shit is terrible. Somebody, uh, actually, coworkers of mine, sent me a link to this article, and it was like people of law profession went through and were like, "Oh, these are war crime violations." Ramsey Bolton had seventeen. Oh, what is this like in a class or something? No, someone just did like the research and then put an article out about it. The research, like, look, went, yeah, like, watch Game of Thrones, like, went oh. over the laws that would pertain to war, like war. That you know? time period, and we're seeing like, Jesus, what, uh, who would be war criminal? Yeah, and Ramsey had like seventeen war, <laughs> war crime violations. Yeah, that's one thing that really stands out about the time too is just the lack of regard for human beings. It's just because there were so few of them, maybe they just didn't give a shit. Maybe I don't know. Well, back then too, it was such that caste system, you know, of like. It was an odd time, but even amongst the peasants, there was so little. I mean, when Joffrey came out there in that one scene and they threw the shit at his face, and he's just like, kill them all. And then they're just like, fuck it. And they just ripped the dude's leg off. It was like one of his septums or something. I mean, the shit is savage. Like, don't get savage. me wrong. Like, Tyrion got made it out. He was, I was like, man, Tyrion's head's about to get ripped off. Yeah, no, the show is nuts. But, uh, and Ramsey's is crazy, but... As much as I disliked his character, I disliked Joffrey the most. Hmm. Joffrey, yeah. I think Ramsey was easier to understand because he was a bastard and because he came from such a tortured piece of shit father. But with Joffrey, he had no excuse to be that wretched and terrible because all his brothers and sisters were generally yeah. well Tommen, behaved. Tommen, Tommen, Tommen. Yeah, Tommen, Tommen. Yeah, whatever. Whatever his name is, like. He uh he was like such a nice individual. He seemed like Marcella. But he was super naive though. That was the only thing. Yeah, Joffrey was at least wasn't naive. He's just savage. <laughs> Joffrey would have got lured in by the pussy too if Marjorie got her claws into him. It's just Joffrey was such a sadistic fuck. He'd probably rather, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, see her yeah. bleed than see her, you know, come. So weird. But yeah, no, nah, I hated him more than Ramsey, but. Yeah. That just says something to their acting, too, though, that you can hate a character like that. I think Ramsey was a much better actor than Joffrey. I'll say that. Oh, I, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you still, like, hate that character as much, at least me, for me, as much as I do. Like, I'm like, oh, that guy did a good job portraying that character. Oh, I can't envision them playing anything else. And Ramsey always has to play villains. Dude, he, yeah, 
He was so he was such a shit. How do you fake escape somebody and then lead them right back to where they were? He's a really good villain. I can't see him doing and like a good, he could play maybe that dude uh, Joe on that show you on Netflix. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know that I watch that show. Oh man, you got to check it out. But similar kind of character where it's like, oh, let me pull you in with all my kindness, and then I'm gonna fuck you over. Oh. Yeah, that's enough Game of Thrones stuff, though. I mean, it was be- beautiful show. I'm still in recap mode, so that. But so you still think like, just back to the first question, that it's either gonna be John or the Night King. That's John of the Night King. Two? John of the Night King. Yeah, that's what makes the most sense to me. And as I said, Bran will just be into nature in some way as a three-eyed raven like he'll be you know he'll probably go to the tree he'll be mixed into the tree yeah. and and just keep watch for the next for the next thousand years until like the, the next like, winter like the old three-eyed raven until the next winter and just be the seer for yeah. the next person that has the sight i think that's i think yeah that's a good good theory in my my eyes yeah, just time will go on. It's gonna be interesting though. I'm, I'm I'm ready to see how it all comes together. Yeah, but it's not more interesting or more dramatic than the game of zones, dude. Oh, that drops today, doesn't it? It does indeed. And I have not seen it yet, but I will say, just watching the actual NBA is enough entertainment for me. I mean, oh. did you see what Magic Johnson did? I hope I can't wait to the episode they do about Magic Johnson. I hope Bro. they had enough time to record something about that. They have to. If South Park can can make shit in a week. They, they can do it. The Bleacher Report squad probably had to revamp the whole season just based on the way he dropped out. I, he might have timed it because of that. Like, I'm sure he knows because it was pretty abrupt. Bro, that, right. that that was some wild stuff. For, for people who don't know, Magic Johnson abruptly quit as the Lakers general manager. And I'm sure by now, if you know who Magic Johnson is and you follow NBA, you notice. Know so the report is that he was in the meeting with Jeannie Buss. And she pretty much was trying to give him full control. They spoke for to, three hours. To give him the full control to fire the staff and hire who he wanted. And he either didn't want it or couldn't handle it. And then went and then, yeah, just held a press conference and told the reporters before he even told the Lakers that they, he was resigning. <laughs> they spoke in that room for three hours the day before whatever. I'm pretty sure she had some indication that he wasn't going to take that position and thus move on. I, I don't know. I and I like Colin Coward's take. He said Jeannie Buss looks weak, and I thought she looked weak for quite some time. I'm not some credentialed media member out here, so I can just say it with my chest. On every single platform I've seen her, whether it be a podcast with Theo Vaughn or an interview on Colin Coward's show, she's never impressed me. Like, from the first time I ever heard her on Wax talking about some, if you don't want to come play for the Lakers and with Kobe Bryant, then you're just a bum and you're a loser and we don't want you anyway. That's some old cheerleader childish-ass shit. You you run operations for an NBA team? And I remember a bunch of radio hosts that wanted to say that on ESPN and they just couldn't, so they all bit their tongue. And Ryan Rosillo was like the realest one. He's like, yeah, that's not a good look. It's just not a good look for you to say that as somebody who runs a front office. But then it moves on to, all right, let's just keep making poor decisions and bring in Dwight Howard in 2012 after a back surgery on a player that relies 90% on athleticism. Yeah, I mean... We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm just saying, their front office has they, been in I mean, shambles like, for I a wonder, long time. Like, Ever since I mean, her dad died. Dude, what if it's just like straight up transition time for LeBron to be both? 
Yeah, nah, he couldn't even do both. That's a lot of work. But he's got a few more years. But I think that it has a lot more to do with the Lakers' infrastructure than it has to do with anything going on in the court. They have the talent to play well. Yeah, I just, I mean, we'll see if anyone comes there this off season. They're definitely going to need somebody to come there this off season. But more than that, they need somebody to come into the front office that is going to actually scout players. Think about the think about the roster they should have: Lou Williams, Julius Randle. Oh yeah, I know. Brandon uh, Ingram. I mean. Uh, LeBron James before, before Magic signed like Lance Brooke Steven- Lopez before Magic signed Lance Stevenson and Javale McGee and and all those dudes the front office like the other the head I guess the coaching staff wanted to re-sign Brooke Lopez uh, Julius Randle and uh, one other person and they all left yeah. So those are all guys that they should have right now that are having good seasons. D'Angelo Russell they should have. Dude, he puts going off. So I'm just saying, man, these are all indications. And that was Magic Johnson's decision, talking about some, oh, I knew he was going to be good, but I needed a leader, not a good player. That doesn't even make sense, bro. So that's why he should be on a yacht somewhere, not running a front office. And that's why you don't hire within the family. And they were talking about odds in Vegas for the next general manager and next president of operations to be who? Kobe Bryant. So, that just tells me the Lakers are going in the complete wrong direction. I don't know. I think Kobe could be good. He's not going to take the job. He's Kobe. not, but he's focused on story, his storytelling and his creative shit right exactly. now. Exactly. Kobe could be great at whatever he wants to be. Kobe could be a doctor if he wanted to. They'll okay. get somebody to come in. But it's playoff time. It's playoff time, so yeah, let's not talk about the Lakers because they're not relevant. But the fact that Magic Johnson made himself relevant at the most pertinent time was just perfect. It was perfect Lakerdom. Dude, I think, uh, who do you think gives the Warriors the biggest challenge in the West? In the West? The Rockets, obviously. The Rockets and people keep, I mean, I thought the Nuggets for a long time, but I just think come playoffs, they ain't ready for that smoke. I I have a feeling, even though Nurk got, Nurk just got hurt, that Portland Portland could make a run. Portland could definitely do well; they always do. But when you're relying on backcourt shooting in the playoffs, yeah, but they they ended the season pretty well after that injury. Like that's regular season. You know, they always have the same problem. Those shots don't fall for them in the postseason. We'll see. Yeah. They'll make a run. I, I think the East is just is straight up. East is the most fun. Milwaukee, Toronto is going to be the East final. Oh, so you're just counting out the Celtics 100% and the Sixers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I think it's going to be fun nonetheless. I think either one of them, because don't they play each other in the first round? Mm, I'm not sure of the seating. I oh, no, the Celtics played the Pacers. That's, that's what happens. But I don't know, man. Like, Giannis is just too good. No, no one can stop Giannis. He is the most unstoppable player in the league. When Joel Embiid said that a couple weeks back, I'm the most unstoppable basketball player in the league. No, Giannis is. And I like his quiet confidence on it. He only talks shit if somebody asks him a direct question. Yep. Because that happened. I don't remember his answer, but he did that. And then they asked him about Space Jam because he reportedly turned it down. And he was like, man, I'm not trying to be all that star stuff. Like, I came in here to play basketball. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, how about that? Not to go back to the drama of, you know, outside the playoffs and off-court stuff, but the fact LeBron can't get players or something like that, I don't know how true that is, but they were saying he's having a tougher time than they would like for him to recruit players to do it. I don't think he's having a hard time to get players. I think he might have a hard time getting 
be getting the the top players. Well, that's that what I'm wanted, saying. You know, like, but I think the the people who put out these reports, like, oh, he's having a hard time getting players. I think after this first round of this is who I really want. Like, obviously, that's only five dudes, probably. It's probably just Giannis that turned it down, and everybody else say yes, and they turn it into, well, he's having a hard time getting players. But I guarantee you, everybody else say yes. And back then, how much you want to bet? A bunch of players said no to Michael Jordan, but it just didn't become a story because the only players that were in that movie was like, it was Mike, it was Charles Barkley, it was all his boys. It's Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Sean Bradley, Muggsy Bogues, and uh, I can't remember the fifth. Not even like the best players of that time outside of Jordan and Barkley and... I mean, Ewing was pretty good. Ewing, yeah. So, I mean, Sean Bradley, though, come on. Muggsy Bogues, they were decent. Yeah, You know, so that tells, I mean, come on, Jordan probably had beef with Isaiah Thomas, probably had beef with Labor, probably had beef with a bunch of dudes that was like, man, I want to be in your motherfucking movie. Get out of my face. Because Jordan was a straight up asshole. <laughs> but it wasn't Twitter back then. It wasn't all, yeah. you know, in the public eye. So now it's easy to paint LeBron in a negative light, especially when his athleticism is on the decline and the Lakers couldn't make the playoffs for the first time in what, especially his career? When, what's interesting is, is like, Throughout LeBron's whole career, the way the media talks about him is on such this, like, waveform. It's like, oh, LeBron is the greatest person ever. Let's always praise him and do stories about him. To then it's like the low, and it's like, LeBron is his villain. Oh, it's LeBron's fault the Lakers are falling apart. Oh, LeBron can't get players for the movie. Like, this turnaround on this one was so fast. Like, it went from, from oh, he brought – he. Cleveland again. Last season is Cleveland probably. He's riding pretty high. And then Susie joins Lakers. He's on the way down. And now it's like bottoming out. It's funny. You think about the cycle. Because 2004, he's really, really loved. The chosen one. Everybody wants him. Then he gets to the league. Overrated. Overrated. Overrated for a long time. Until he starts to make the playoffs. And then goes to his first finals in 2007. Then it's like, okay, he got there early. He got swept. But he got a lot of credit for it. And then about 2009, 2010, it turned into, oh, this dude's kind of a bum. It's like every three years. Oh, now he's a bum again. Oh, he can't do nothing. Then he takes off his jersey. And nobody wants to play with him again. And then he goes to the Heat. And then it's all about LeBron's the villain. Nobody wants to fuck with him for about two, three years. Then he wins a couple. Overcomes those monsters. Goes back to Cleveland. Wins one. And everybody loves him, and yeah, it's yeah. like every three years. It's this, yeah, it's this cycle. But this turnaround for this one, I just thought it was real quick. No, it's every three or four years. And when he wins again, because I think he's going to win in LA. Like I think they'll get somebody. I don't. The, the reports that like, oh, they don't want to play there. They'd rather play with the with the Clippers. Okay, some players maybe like that. But there's guys that's, that that want to play with LeBron that I'm sure are like. Worth playing with LeBron. I mean, AD very well still could be in New Orleans this year, but like you wait a year and then what's going to happen? Oh, the Lakers might sign him. Yeah, and I don't think even if they do get AD, I don't think that makes them a championship winner. It makes them a contender, I think but it makes them a contender. Yeah, it puts them up there, but I think and signing Lonzo Boogie, coming back because Lonzo. If you realize the Lakers were playing well until Lonzo went out, for, definitely. But I think the potential to sign Boogie is underrated. On what the Lakers could do. I think the potential to bring in Draymond is underrated on what the Lakers could do. Because a lot of people don't talk about the fact Draymond Green is in a lot of shit with the Warriors. And he just signed with Rich Paul. True. Draymond was on the shop. And Draymond was in interviews talking about some, I don't understand why Kevin Durant is trying to redo everything LeBron doing. 
Now he didn't say exactly. Oh, that. I know. I saw this. I saw it. It was if you super between, sub, dude. Exactly. If you read between what he said, he basically said the boardroom is an off-brand bootleg Walmart version of LeBron's The Shop. That's basically what he said. He talking about KD out here making Shaqs and LeBron making Jordans. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, they had beef. That seems like though, like they, that since, was real. Beef. Ever since that shit, when Draymond was just like, "Fuck it, I'm taking the last shot." I don't care what anybody says. I can read body language, and you can cut that tension with a knife. They might be cool as colleagues, but they don't fuck with each other. It's like me and my boss. No. They're not grabbing drinks together as friends. Yeah. For a second, though, I thought his comments could have been taken at uh, shots at, like, Steph or Clay too. Because, mm. like, the way he said it kind of was like, oh, like, Oh, you take this thing and you make it great, and then you just want to be like, "Oh, but like, let's t- let's remix it just a little bit and make it better." That I started thinking about the Warrior teams, like, "Oh, it was them three, and things were pretty good." And then like they tried to bring in KD, and it got a little rocky. You know, it's like could it be a subtle jab at the front office. You know, saying why are you trying to remix things, or maybe like was Steph or Clay behind the KD thing? Like, were they who was recruiting the most? I know? heard Draymond was. But See, it doesn't matter. I don't. I, I don't know about that. So I'm know. just saying, like this probably is not the case. But I, that's what I thought about. I was like, hmm. All I know is from the outside looking in, it seems as if KD is the one stirring the pot the most by not committing long term. Because yeah. the rest of them, I think KD's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Where is he going? I mean, I know everyone's favorite thing is to say New York, but I don't think that's the case. Nah, I think he goes to the Clippers or stays in Golden State. Takes like a, a two year deal or something. Yes, another two year deal with Golden State because he has a chance to four peat. I just don't want him to stay in Golden State. I hate that shit. It's very ugly for the league and it's ugly for his legacy. I don't care what anybody says. As long as he's in that pantheon of great scorers, great players who have titles with the Warriors, he'll always be looked at second fiddle. I mean, and I'm a big KD fan. Like he's a great player. If not, he could arguably be the best player in the league. Yeah. Ar- you could argue it. You could argue it. Very easily, he's like one of like three people you could argue. You could argue it. It's just ironic that he became the best player in the league when he happened to join the two-time MVP of the league. Well, yeah, he got talked about it before that a little bit, but it was a little pre-ready. But, like, I'm just saying, you could argue it. He was preemptively discussed as one of the best players in the league, but only because he had won an MVP and only because he went to the finals with that really young Warriors team or that really young OKC team that were the Warriors before the Warriors. That's why I misspoke because they had Harden, KD, and Westbrook. If they could have figured out how to keep those and three Ibaka. together. Yeah. Well, they chose to keep Ibaka over Harden is what it came down to. And I think they knew that it didn't mesh well. I mean, Sam Presti's a smart basketball mind. He recognized that that the you three ball dominant three dudes guys on the same team. Yeah, the Warriors mesh well together. I don't think they knew James Harden was going to be that good. No, because it's I mean, Jay, who did? I didn't. The power's in the beard. The power is in the beard. As the bigger it grew, because I'm telling you, that first finals when he had the mini beard, he was weak. In 2000, was that 12? When he was like, think about how young he was. He was like 22. Man, he's cooking now, though. Yeah. They're going to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they're going to give the Warriors the most problems. They're going to give them that stress. The Rockets. I think this year, as long as CP3 is healthy... Yeah, if he was playing last year, I think they would have won that series. But uh, Back to this year, though, real quick. Dirk and D-Wade both retiring. 
both dropped 30 in their last home game, and then D-Wade dropped triple-double. Yes. That's pretty sweet. Very sweet. Completely overshadowed by the fact Magic Johnson decided to quit on the same yeah. night. But and then, very uh, sweet at nonetheless. At the same time, like, uh, apparently, you know, Melo, LeBron, and C- CP3 were there. Yeah. He didn't know they were coming. Apparently, mm. that's pretty sweet, too. Mm. No, that is real cool. And we forget about that. His best friends are Melo, D-Wade, and CP3. Those dudes are all he really needs for Space Jam 2. How many players do you need, right. really? There's like three of the greatest players of the era. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back, all that shit is bullshit. And a lot of these BDM members should be ashamed the way they paint LeBron like he's some dude orchestrating this whole toxic environment. Dude, I think, I think Dirk has been getting like the least... FaceTime the last few days about like coming to close like D- him and D Wade are retiring at the same time, but like Dirk's been in the league longer than D Wade. They're just as good as as one another. I think like you could argue Dirk's better. You could. You could argue Dirk changed the game much more because he did. Yeah, the Euro big, the stretch four. Yeah, that fadeaway, that one, that one footed fadeaway, dude. Everybody like, does that kick, including D Wade. Everybody does that one foot kick. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I think I he's mean, getting the adequate amount for what he wants, though. Think about the team they won. I know. The championship with. Like, who? I think we discussed this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but not. I think you're right. I mean, he didn't even say he was retiring until the very last game. Because I remember uh, at All-Star break, <laughs> Adam Silver was like, yeah, we decided to add Dirk. Because he was like, yeah, we saw... Saw the way he was running and <laughs> decided, yeah, yeah, well, he's, it's time. Dirk was like, all right, I guess they're deciding for me now that I'm retiring. Nah, that was like his agent telling the league, no, hey, I know, I know. he's probably going to be done this year. But it's just fu- not letting I mean, them know. I mean, it's just a funny like, yeah, way to put it. It is funny. Adam Silver was just like, he's not running all that great. No, nah, it is funny. But I think everybody knew Dirk was going to retire. They just didn't want to announce it. And I think that's a good thing. They let him control his own story because he didn't want to overshadow D-Wade because D-Wade wanted – uh, ceremony. I mean, some dudes are more, yeah. you know, about the show. I mean, think about D-Way going into fashion. His wife's in Hollywood. He wants the show. So I think it's cool that D-Way, like, mm-hmm. if he has a wall mm-hmm. of just all the jerseys he collected the last year, like, because he traded a, a jersey every game, right? Yeah. I teared up watching that commercial. That Budweiser commercial? Dude. I mean, damn you, Budweiser, because I don't drink your beer, but you make a damn good ad. Yeah. I got to go back. I didn't see him because he spoke. The last game, right? His last home game. And Dirk spoke, too. I haven't seen either of the speeches, so i got to go back and watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real powerful to see those dudes because, like you said, Dirk's been at it way longer than D-Wade. So the idea that, I mean, those two have a low-key rivalry that people don't really discuss as much as they should. And they're going out at the same time on their own terms is pretty fun. Yeah, it's funny because I saw Kobe gave, was doing an interview and somebody asked him about Dirk. And he was like, yeah, I mean, like, I knew when Dirk was a free agent he wasn't going to come here. He was going to stay in Dallas, but you had to make the call. He was like, hey, Dirk, I know you're not going to come, but, like, coming to the Lakers, like, da-da-da. And he was like, and Dirk was like, man, I'm like you, man. I'm a lifer. Yeah, man. And Dirk played in the West against Tim Duncan, against Kobe every year. Dude, his, his, against the Mavericks, for the most part throughout his whole career, the Mavericks were pr- pretty damn good until oh, these yeah. last few years. But, I mean, you had... You had the one team where it was like him, Michael Finley, Steve Nash. Then Steve Nash went away, and I think Finley went away shortly after that. But then he got like Sean Marion. Yep. 
and uh, somebody else, and I can't think who. Like Jason Kidd, yeah, J.J. Barea. Yeah, all them guys. They The 2010 team alone, like, you look at that. like Bro, the year they won the title, it's misremembered that they swept the Lakers. A Phil Jackson coach Lakers. A Kobe Bryant-led Lakers. Yeah. When he was still healthy, that was still a prime Kobe pretty much yeah. for the most part. The it's only, 2011. The only knock is that one year when they were the one seed and Golden State was the eight and they lost first round. But that Golden State team went on to become the Golden State that we know. So That Golden State team was pretty nice. Yeah, that was that, Steph Curry was on that team, right? I think so. Yeah, that was when, what year was that? 2012? No, 2008? Maybe. Oh, no, that was, oh, no, you're talking about the Baron Davis. Yeah. I'm tripping. Yeah, that team was nice. You're talking about the Baron Davis, yeah, Steve Warriors Jackson, with Steve Jackson, right. had, uh, uh, who else was on that squad? I don't remember. I just know those two guys. It was definitely Baron Davis and Steve Jackson, but that's all you needed. They were lights out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I misremember some dudes. Oh, Jason Richardson, dunk contest, Jason oh, Richardson, yeah, 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 and yeah. He, he could shoot the shit out of the ball. He was probably the best player on the team. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, they 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 were balling. So they were they were yeah, I mean, you can't can't hold that against them. Shit so happens. Congrats. Congrats to those two guys. Yeah, congrats to them. And the legacy is going to be left with Luka and Dallas <laughs> for that white euro guy. Yeah, did you see that he got the 25-5? He's the only player, well, he's the he's one of like couple rookies he's one of five rookies it's oscar robinson him lebron and tyreek evans something like that yeah tyreek evans (laughs) but what 25 5 and 5 well 25 and 5 jordan i forgot about jordan too well he's in his own category because he had 25 he should be his own all those other dudes were 25 and 5 i think oscar robinson was damn near 30 so he should be in his own category too he was damn near 30 with a triple double his rookie year that shouldn't count though he played in like an I mean, it was the Sacramento Royals. Was that even the NBA? I think, were they Sacramento or was it Kansas City? Whatever. Yeah, he was playing in some bullshit league that was like in Barnes and shit. Might have been Milwaukee, too. He's playing against plumbers and part-time teachers and tax accountants and a bunch of Jewish lawyers. But, uh, I, Luca's got to win Rookie of the Year. I was talking about Trey Young. Like, nah, it's, it's got to be Luca. Ice Trey. Definitely Luca. Like, Ice Trey. I fuck with that boy. I like his shoes. I, dude, I, I think Trey Young is good, but I think Luka just balled out all year. I mean, the last half of the season, though, Trey made it a contest, and he's way smaller. I wouldn't say half. I'd say, like, last month he, like, put on a show, but Luka did the same shit. I mean, no, you're right. I agree. Luka's I putting mean, up triple doubles and breaking records. Like, I'm on the Luka train, but... My black card, you know, kind of makes me have to say Trey Young. So I'm on the Trey train. Ice Trey. And he repping ATL. And, you know, the Hawks are no fun as an organization. So the fact they got a fun little dude out there hooping, they ain't had nothing since Neek. Give him something. It's, ever, ever since Neek, it's been like with, with Josh Johnson and a bunch of letdowns. Joe Johnson. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, what I say? Josh Johnson? Yeah, Joe Johnson. I mean, Joe Johnson Josh and Josh Johnson. Smith. Josh Smith, dude, was like a, such a letdown. That's what I'm saying. So Josh Smith and Joe Johnson. Call it the Josh Johnson letdown. Al Horford left. Yeah, man, Big Al. Bunch of letdowns. Not to be confused with the Big Al out in Charlotte. Or at least he used to be in Charlotte. Where's, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Al Harrington? Is that his, is that, no, Al Harrington still plays for Charlotte. 
I'm thinking of uh, the center. They call him Big Al. I can't think of his name right now. Anyway, yeah. No. That's all I got about basketball right now, I guess. I think that's pretty much all I got about basketball, too. How long we been going? That's about 38 minutes. I think it's good to cut it. NBA and Game of Thrones. Come NBA. together for Game of Zones. NBA Game of Thrones heavy. Yeah, let's go watch Game of Zones. That'd be fun. We're going to go watch Game of Zones. I remember way back in the day. All I wanted was a candy car with hella flakes. Crushing holes, slamming dough by the chest of shakes. From the soil, fuck the juice, bitch, I want the base. Can't be turning on the dime, cut a rim straight. Heel switches, fucking jackets, I just trying to take. That's my proposition in recession, kept me straight. Clear my mind, then recline on the one way. From Monday to Sunday, just me and my old school. Yeah. 